0: Chapter twenty eight, Part b of the Monastery by Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty eight, Part b I come, she said, to save your life, which is else in great peril. If you answer me, speak as low as you can, for they have sentinelled your door with armed men. Comeliest of millers' daughters, answered Sir Piercy, who by this time was sitting upright on his couch, dread nothing for my safety. Credit me that, as in very truth, I have not spilled the red puddle, which these villagios call the blood, of their most uncivil relation. So I am under no apprehension whatever for the issue of this restraint, seeing that it cannot but be harmless to me. less to thee, O most Melendinar beauty, I return the thanks which thy courtesy may justly claim." "'Nay, but, sir Knight,—' answered the maiden in a whisper as low as it was tremulous i deserve no thanks unless you will act by my counsel edward glendinning hath sent for dan of the Howlethurst and young ady of Aikenshaw, and they are come with three men more and with bow and jack and spear and i heard them say to each other and to edward as they alighted in the court that they would have amends for the death of their kinsmen if the monk's cowl should smoke for it and the vassals are so wilful now that the abbot himself dare not control them, for fear they turn heretics, and refuse to pay their few duties. In faith," said Sir Piercy Shafton, it may be a shrewd temptation, and perchance the monks may rid themselves of trouble and cumber by handing me over the march to Sir John Foster, or Lord Hunson, the English wardens, and so make peace with their vassals and with England at once. Fairest Molinara, I will for once walk by thy reed and if thou dost contrive to extricate me from this vile kennel, I will so celebrate thy wit and beauty, that the baker's nymph of Raphael Durbino shall seem but a gipsy in comparison of my Molinara. "'I pray you, then, be silent,' said the miller's daughter, "'for if your speech betrays that you are awake, my scheme fails utterly, and it is Heaven's mercy and our ladies that we are not already overheard and discovered.' "'I am silent,' replied the Southern, "'even as the starless night. But yet, if this contrivance of thine should endanger thy safety, fair and no less kind than fair damsel, it were utterly unworthy of me to accept it at thy hand.' "'Do not think of me,' said Mysie hastily. "'I am safe. I will take thought for myself, if I once saw you out of this dangerous dwelling. If you would provide yourself with any part of your apparel or goods, lose no time.' The knight did, however, lose some time, ere he could settle in his own mind what to take and what to abandon of his wardrobe, each article of which seemed endeared to him by recollection of the feasts and revels at which it had been exhibited. For some little while Maisie left him to make his selections at leisure, for she herself had also some preparations to make for flight. But when, returning from the chamber into which she had retired, with a small bundle in her hand, she found him still indecisive, she insisted in plain terms that he should either make up his baggage for the enterprise or give it up entirely thus urged the disconsolate knight hastily made up a few clothes into a bundle regarded his trunk mails with a mute expression of parting sorrow and intimated his readiness to wait upon his kind guide she led the way to the door of the apartment having first carefully extinguished her lamp and motioning to the knight to stand close behind her tapped once or twice at the door she was at length answered by edward glendinning who demanded to know who knocked within and what was desired speak low said mysie happer or you will awaken the english knight it is i mysie happer who knock i wish to get out you have locked me up and i was obliged to wait till the southron slept Locked you up?' replied Edward, in surprise. "'Yes,' answered the miller's daughter. "'You have locked me up into this room. "'I was in Mary Avenel's sleeping apartment.' "'And can you not remain there till morning?' replied Edward, "'since it has so chanced.' "'What?' said the miller's daughter, in a tone of offended delicacy. "'I remain here a moment longer than I can get out without discovery. "'I would not, for all the Hallidome of St. Mary's, "'remain a minute longer in the neighbourhood of a man's apartment "'than I can help it.' for whom or for what do you hold me i promise you my father's daughter has been better brought up than to put in peril her good name come forth then and get to thy chamber in silence said edward so saying he undid the bolt the staircase without was in utter darkness as mysie had before ascertained so soon as she stepped out she took hold of edward as if to support herself thus interposing her person betwixt him and sir Piercy Shafton by whom she was closely followed. Thus screened from observation, the Englishman slipped past on tiptoe, unshod and in silence, while the damsel complained to Edward that she wanted a light. "'I cannot give you a light,' said he, "'for I cannot leave this post. But there is a fire below.' "'I will sit below till morning,' said the maid of the mill." And, tripping downstairs, heard Edward bolt and bar the door of the now tenantless apartment, with vain caution at the foot of the stair which she descended she found the object of her care waiting her farther directions she recommended to him the most absolute silence which for once in his life he seemed not unwilling to observe conducted him with as much caution as if he were walking on cracked ice to a dark recess used for depositing wood and instructed him to ensconce himself behind the fagots She herself lighted her lamp once more at the kitchen fire, and took her distaff and spindle, that she might not seem to be unemployed, in case any one came into the apartment. From time to time, however, she stole towards the window on tiptoe, to catch the first glance of the dawn, for the farther prosecution of her adventurous project. At length she saw, to her great joy, the first peep of the morning brighten upon the gray clouds of the east and clasping her hands together thanked our lady for the sight and implored protection during the remainder of her enterprise ere she had finished her prayer she started at feeling a man's arm across her shoulder while a rough voice spoke in her ear what mensful mysie of the mill so soon at her prayers now benison on the bonny eyes that open so early i'll have a kiss for good morrow's sake Dan of the Hollathurst, for he was the gallant who paid Mysie this compliment—suited the action with the word, and the action, as is usual in such cases of rustic gallantry, was rewarded with a cuff, which Dan received as a fine gentleman receives a tap with a fan, but which, delivered by the energetic arm of the miller's maiden, would have certainly astonished a less robust gallant. "'How now, Sir Coxcomb?' said she and must you be away from your guard over the English knight to plague quiet folks with your horse-tricks? "'Truly you are mistaken, pretty Mysie," said the clown, for I have not yet relieved Edward at his post, and were it not a shame to let him stay any longer by my faith, I could find it in my heart not to quit you these two hours.' "'Oh, you have hours and hours enough to see any one,' said Mysie. But you must think of the distress of the household even now, and get Edward to sleep for a while, for he has kept watch this whole night. I will have another kiss first, answered Dan of the Hollathurst. But Maisie was now on her guard, and conscious of the vicinity of the woodhole, offered such strenuous resistance that the swain cursed the nymph's bad humor with very unpastoral phrase and emphasis, and ran upstairs to relieve the guard of his comrade stealing to the door she heard the new sentinel hold a brief conversation with edward after which the latter withdrew and the former entered upon the duties of his watch mysie suffered him to walk there a little while undisturbed until the dawning became more general by which time she supposed he might have digested her coyness and then presenting herself before the watchful sentinel demanded of him the keys of the outer tower and of the courtyard gate and for what purpose? answered the warder. To milk the cows and drive them out to their pasture, said Mysie. You would not have the poor beasts kept in the byre all morning, and the family in such distress that there is nay ain fit to do a turn but the byre woman and myself. And where is the byre woman? said Dan. Sitting with me in the kitchen, in case these distressed folks want anything. There are the keys, then, Mysie Dortz said the sentinel. Many thanks. "'Dan ne'er-do-weel,' answered the maid of the mill, and escaped downstairs in a moment. To hasten to the wood and there to robe the English knight in a short gown and petticoat, which she had provided for the purpose, was the work of another moment. She then undid the gates of the tower and made towards the byre or cow-house, which stood in one corner of the courtyard. Sir Piercy Shafton remonstrated against the delay which this would occasion. "'Fair and generous Molinara,' he said, "'had we not better undo the outward gate "'and make the best of our way hence, "'even like a pair of sea-mews "'who make towards shelter of the rocks "'as the storm waxes high?' "'We must drive out the cows first, said Mysie, "'for a sin it were to spoil the poor widow's cattle, "'both for her sake and the poor beast's own. "'And I have no mind any one shall leave the tower "'in a hurry to follow us. "'Besides, you must have your horse,' for you will need a fleet one ere all be done." So saying, she locked and double-locked both the inward and outward door of the tower, proceeded to the cow-house, turned out the cattle, and giving the knight his own horse to lead, drove them before her out at the courtyard gate, intending to return for her own palfrey. But the noise attending the first operation caught the wakeful attention of Edward, who, starting to the bartizan, called to know what the matter was mysie answered with great readiness that she was driving out the cows for that they would be spoiled for want of looking to i thank thee kind maiden said edward and yet he added after a moment's pause what damsel is that thou hast with thee mysie was about to answer when sir piercie shafton who apparently did not desire that the great work of his liberation should be executed without the interposition of his own ingenuity exclaimed from beneath i am she almost bucolical juvenile under whose charge are placed the milky mothers of the herd hell and darkness exclaimed edward in a transport of fury and astonishment it is Piercy shafton what treason treason ho dan jasper martin the villain escapes to horse to horse cried Mysie, and in an instant mounted behind the knight who was already in the saddle edward caught up a crossbow and let fly a bolt which whistled so near mysie's ear that she called to her companion spur spur sir knight the next will not miss us had it been halbert instead of edward who bent that bow we have been dead the knight pressed his horse which dashed past the cows and down the knoll on which the tower was situated then taking the road down the valley the gallant animal reckless of its double burden soon conveyed them out of hearing of the tumult and alarm with which their departure filled the tower of glendearg Thus, it strangely happened that two men were flying in different directions at the same time, each accused of being the other's murderer End of chapter twenty eight Part B